why would anyone pay $3,000 a month or more for rent instead of buying? Well, I'll answer that question on today's episode. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Thank you again for listening and for your support for the show. I'm hearing more and more people coming to me every week who are finding me through the podcast as opposed to finding the podcast through me. <laughs> and so thank you very much for listening, Podcast Nation, True Condos Nation, and uh, really appreciate the support of the show. These episodes are going to keep coming. I'm going to keep doing them, and I hope you're enjoying them. So again, on today's episode in the intro, I said I'm going to answer this question that I got from a client uh, just last week. Um, and it, and the question is, why is anyway, why would someone pay $3,000 or even more than $3,000 a month in rent instead of just buying a place? It seems that uh, when you're looking at the economics, when you're reaching those higher levels of rent, people are thinking, well, wouldn't you be better just to buy something instead? Um, and the reason it's coming up is because more and more um, I am starting to encourage my clients, especially my seasoned uh, investor clients who have a large portfolio of condo units, to start adding two-bedroom units to their portfolio. Now, historically, for most of the last uh, decade that I've been working with condo investors and investing in condos myself, I have been encouraging my clients to purchase the smallest unit of a given type. That's my uh, classic rule of thumb that I've been teaching for many years. When it comes to finding the best unit for investment in a new project, the smallest unit of a given type. So the smaller studios, the smaller one bedrooms, the smaller one plus dens, the smaller two bedrooms and so on. Uh, those are going to be the best bet for investment. And for the most part, that rule is still a good rule to follow. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I don't think that really is ever going to change. If you're following that basic rule, you're always going to do well because those units are going to give you the best price to rent ratio. Why? Well, again, just to recap uh, this, this lesson before we get into it, but um, why is that? Because uh, units tend to be rented out on um, the number of rooms, the functionality of the unit rather than the size of the unit. So you're better to buy a, uh, so for example, a 470 square foot one bedroom than a 600 square foot one bedroom because they're going to rent out for about the same, but the 470 square foot one bedroom is going to cost significantly less than the 600 square foot one bedroom. Okay, so now that we've covered that, why am I starting to say that you should be uh, also looking at purchasing larger two-bedroom units in the 800 square foot and up range to your portfolio? Well, quite simply because that is where the demand is right now, and that is where the supply shortage is right now in the resale market. We're seeing um, across the board this year in 2016, a uh, huge, huge demand and a huge um, uh, shortage of units, shortage of, of supply for units both to buy and to rent in the 800, especially in the 800 to 1100 square foot range of units. And we're still trying to figure out exactly why that is. Um, part of it, is, obviously, it's, it's, it's a combination of things, but I think the two main factors into why this is happening is one, because simply, quite simply, they're 
were not a lot of these units built in the last five years. Um, builders were building uh, historically uh, over the last five years, builders in new buildings have been putting in fewer and fewer two bedroom units in general, but more specifically, fewer units over 800 square feet. Some buildings, entire buildings are built and the largest unit is only maybe 700 or 750 square feet. And so there's a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but there is, you could say, uh, more supply of smaller units available in the market, um, which is always going to be uh, driven by the first-time buyer um, market. But there are there's a, there's a growing shortage and a huge need for the larger two-bedroom units because there hasn't been a lot of new product added to the housing supply over the last few years as these buildings that were sold three, four, five years ago are now being finished. Um, there's a big gap in that people who are needing larger spaces are not able to find them. And so uh, we're seeing bidding wars on the larger condos, which we've never seen before. That's the one thing is just the, the supply equation. The other thing is the demand equation. And that is mostly driven by the fact that housing prices have gotten completely out of reach for most people. So you can't afford a, um, a single family home in Toronto anymore. It's well over a million dollars. Uh, what are you going to do? Next best thing, you're going to be looking for a family sized condo, two bedroom, three bedroom, two bedroom plus den condo in the, uh, you know, over, especially over 800 square feet, 900 square feet or so seems to be that sweet spot in the, in the resale market where buyers and renters are loving that sort of a, a product where they have uh, uh, two good sized bedrooms and good large living area and just, you know, space to live space for two or, or three or even four people uh, for a small family to live in a space. You're going to need at least 800 square feet. Um, and so that is, uh, that is what's happening in the market right now. So again, that is why I'm encouraging my investors to start picking up and start adding larger 800 to 1100 square foot units to their investment portfolio. And so I was, I was uh, meeting with one of these clients last week and the question came up, well, how much are these things renting for? And I was saying, you know, in this case, it's around $3,000 a month or so. And the client said to me, why would anyone pay $3,000 a month in rent? Why, why wouldn't they just buy something if they can afford that much rent? Seems to be a high amount for rent. And so that is what we are talking about on today's podcast. It's been a very long introduction. I apologize, but that's the context for the discussion today. So to answer that question, I want to give you eight reasons, eight reasons why someone would pay $3,000 a month or more in rent instead of just buying. Well, the number one reason is that, um, the number one thing I'd like to say is that renting is normal in most of the world. And we have to, we sometimes have to get out of our North American mindset that somehow we have this bias towards renting that we've been trained since birth. Those of us from North America and who grew up in North America um, or who uh, aspire to the North American sort of ideologies, uh, even if you aren't from here, uh, or, or even if you aren't um, raised here, I should say, um, renting is normal in most of the world. So renting, we have the stigma against it, but we have to remember that most of the world and most people, renting is not a bad thing. We have to get out of our, 
our mindset as uh, as North Americans sometimes and step out and realize that you know not everybody thinks like us. So that's the number one thing. Not everyone thinks like us. That's a good tip to remember as a, as an investor is your customer, your tenant in your properties is not necessarily in in mo- most cases is not the same type of person as you. Um, just because you think you want to live in a certain way or have a certain type of housing uh, experience doesn't mean it's going to be the same for everyone. That's a, just a good tip to always keep in mind when you're buying properties for investment. It really doesn't matter what you think of the property. It only matters what the person that the property is built for thinks of it. And, and if it works for them, then it uh, could be a good investment. So that's the first thing. Number two is uh, why someone would pay 3000 a month in rent is they don't have a down payment. So again, if you look at where prices are right now, you need a huge, huge amount of money, cash in your uh, account to purchase a piece of real estate in this city now. Prices are high. It's an expensive city. If you want to buy an average, just an average house in the GTA now is, uh, is about 750000 So you need about, for 20% typical down payment, uh, traditional down payment, 20% of that is $150,000 in cash. How many people have $150,000 in cash sitting around? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, there's probably a good chance that you do have that kind of money. But again, that is not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who rent. And there is a lot of people out there. And and on top of the $150,000, you probably need about $15,000 for closing costs. Um, doesn't get too much better if you're looking at buying a condo. The average condo now in the GTA is about pushing $450,000. And so again, for the traditional 20% on that, you're looking at about $88,000. And you're probably looking at around $8,000 in closing costs on something like that. So in in other case, you're, you're, you're looking at $100,000 or $150,000 that you need um, in most cases, to purchase a property in Toronto. So if you don't have the down payment, it's a non-starter. You're not, you're not thinking about um, purchasing a condo. And so renting is what you're doing. And, and then there's, again, there's going to be more and more people as prices keep rising, there's more and more people who are going to be renting. Okay, number three is you cannot get a mortgage. So if you can't, number two was you can't, you don't have a down payment. Number three is you don't have a mortgage. You can't get a mortgage. There's a number of reasons why people cannot necessarily qualify for a mortgage. Um, A a very common one is that they're self-employed. And so as as they might be earning good money, but they're self-employed. And so they're not declaring to the CRA that they are earning a significant amount of money. Therefore, they're the income that they show is lower than the probable actual income that they're making. Therefore, um, the banks look at that and and they're not going to give them a mortgage. Uh, A lot of people are in cash businesses. So if you're in the trades or, um, you know, if you own a small business or restaurant or something like that, um, again, you might be making a decent living, but uh, if you have a cash business and you're you're not showing a lot of income, you're not going to get a mortgage. Um, some people are single income. So yeah, uh, and most people buying are, are double income, two income houses. So uh, couples and families where there's multiple streams of income coming in. But if you're 
uh, supporting a family on a single income, it's very difficult to uh, get a mortgage for the most part in Toronto. And there's just people with, some people just have bad credit. So they might have great income, they might have um, a great down payment, but if they don't have good credit, then again, you're not going to get a mortgage. So those are some of the reasons why you might not get a mortgage. Number four reason, why would somebody pay $3,000 a month in rent or more? Reason number four, well, because they're doing the math and they're seeing that owning for them, owning is more expensive than renting. So maybe you could just squeeze in and buy a place, um, but you don't have 20% down payment. If you do the math on most properties in Toronto with, let's say, 5 or 10% down payment, then the monthly outlay, the monthly cost to live in that property is going to be significantly more than renting in most cases. So a lot of people are just looking at that and saying, well, my, if my monthly outlay is, you know, I'm paying $3,000 a month in rent, but if I were to buy this same property with 5 or 10% down, my monthly outlay would be $4,000 a month in rent, then there's no point. Now, of course, the equation changes. Uh, as we know, as investors, a lot of, obviously, the properties that we buy as, as condo investors um, and clients of true condos, they're all cash flow positive with 20% down. But uh, if you look at most condos and most properties uh, across Toronto, they are not cash flow positive with 20% down. So um, again, if you're just doing, doing the math as a renter, and owning can be more expensive than renting. Number five reason, number five reason why somebody might pay $3,000 a month or more in rent. Well, it's simply that, as I say, most people live paycheck to paycheck. So again, as, um, as if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably either a condo investor, property investor, or you are on your path to becoming one. Uh, you are in like the, you know, you're you're in the buy like the 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 ninety fifth percentile or the you're you're the five percent approximately five percent of the population or so will ever become property investors maybe even less I, I've seen a statistic on that recently but uh, most people are not like us most people do not think like we do and do not plan like we do and do not have goals like we have as condo investors. Most people live paycheck to paycheck. And again, that's something we sometimes forget about. Not everybody is like us. And most people do just uh, live more of a subsistence lifestyle uh, from the day they're born until the day they die. Um, it's I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm just saying it is a reality. And as long as there are people like that in this world, they will need places to rent. And that's why we are here as investors to provide them with places to rent. Number six, um, they could be starting a business. So that's uh, actually, this one is uh, one of my tenants who's renting uh, one of my properties and paying uh, $3,500 a month. Um, there's make their income is in six figures. They're, make, they're paying me $3,500 a month. That's a classic case of why wouldn't that person just buy? Well, in this case, that person is starting a business and they have allocated and saving capital for a number of years to um, build this business that they are in the process of starting. So again, everybody has different priorities and everybody has different um, things that they want to do with their money. Not everybody wants to put their money into a house. Other, 
Some people have different goals and, and different things that they do with their money. And a common one is starting a business, which can be very expensive. And so that's a common thing that we do see with renters in this category, which by the way, makes them great renters because they are people who plan, they're people who save, they're people who understand how to budget. So they're, th those are great people to have as tenants. Number seven, number seven is why they might rent uh, for $3,000 a month or more instead of buying. They hate commuting. Uh, and what I mean by that is people who are renting condos, especially in the core, they want to be able to walk to work. They want to live the downtown lifestyle. Um, you know, we talk about it a lot, the, the, the commuting times getting worse and worse in the GTA and more and more people thinking seriously about abandoning the sort of suburban, uh, typical lifestyle and living in the city, living smaller and living more simply so that they can enjoy a higher quality of life and they can reclaim hundreds and hundreds of hours every year that they're just sitting in their cars. So that is certainly a, a powerful reason and a growing reason to, um, to look at owning downtown. And, and in the news again this week, John Tory and, and City Hall talking about putting tolls now on the Gardner and the DVP, making commuting even more expensive. Again, it's just another knock on the um, traditional model and another boost for the downtown condo market. And the number eight reason, uh, the eighth and final reason for this episode of why somebody would pay $3,000 or more a month in rent is the renting, the, the people who like to rent, they prefer flexibility and mobility versus um, ownership. So there's especially the millennial generation. There's a lot of studies and, and articles and things that have been written about the millennial generation who is coming up right now in their 20s and growing in earning power. These this generation more than ones before them. They 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 value uh, one of their core values is is having mobility, flexibility, being able to you know up and move to New York City for a job or take uh, a year off and travel or, um, you know, telecommuting, uh, you know, grabbing, uh, you know, changing careers and, and uh, pursuing something in, you know, London or, or Hong Kong or wherever. Um, so unlike previous generations before them who really valued stability and security and, and, you know, who are very comfortable with the idea of locking down a mortgage and, and sort of being chained to that for 25 years, that kind of thinking is, is, uh, completely, you know, foreign and, and, uh, you know, uh, not something desired at all by the, the new generation coming up. So renting obviously provides that flexibility and that mobility where you can live in a place and you can just simply up and leave at any time. You don't have to worry about selling or mortgages or commitments or, um, you know, all the things that come along with home ownership. And when you're re when you're renting, it's, it's certainly a, a great lifestyle. It's a carefree, um, sort of, uh, life that you're living in, and there's nothing wrong with that. So that is, uh, that is my list of eight reasons of why someone would pay $3,000 or more to rent a property in Toronto. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I hope you found that helpful. And I hope you will consider, um, again, my advice heading into 2017 will still continue to be, you want to look at adding more 
two bedroom units and especially units over 800 square feet to your portfolio moving forward. We're going to talk more about this on future episodes and get into more statistics and numbers that um, back up this idea that I've been talking about. So hope you found this useful and stay tuned for more episodes. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.